This is the Legacy Builder Podcast, show number 16. We're all gifted in different ways. And, and so it's you, you've got to figure out how to align that gift to, you know, what you're going to do or what you want to do. Uh, and not that you can't improve on the areas where you're less gifted, because I think you can. That's where you're going to spend a lot of time and focus is improving those areas that are, are considered maybe weaknesses. But, you know, you got to operate in your gifts, I think, 80 percent of the time. And you got to, you know, that for me, that's that's been, I think, how I've been successful. So. You're listening to the Legacy Builder Podcast, seeking out successful people to learn how they got their start, what drives them and what they want their legacy to be. This show is to document the success of the people around us and have it to learn from for years to come. If you're here to be inspired, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Welcome in to the 16th episode of the Legacy Builder Podcast. This is Chris Gibson along with my co-host, Megan Gibson. And today's guest is one that is a very busy man in the community of Cashin. He has his hand in a lot of the different things that go on around the community. And, you know, it's one thing to have a hand in something and just help out a little bit. But it's different when you are, uh, you know, a huge part of everything that goes on in the caching community and a huge part of the reason why each thing is a huge success. And we're lucky to have him on today just kind of talk about his faith and his family and the, the how he can get it all done and fit it all around, you know, a job that he is very successful at as well. So without any further ado, I hope you guys sit back and enjoy the conversation. Today's guest is Mr. Brad Stone. Um, a lot of people in Cashin here know who Brad Stone is. He is uh, all over the community and is involved in lots of different things. But I think a lot of people are like, kind of like, what does Brad actually do to make money? Uh, and the thing is, is Brad, we're, we're very appreciative of you take out a little bit of time out of your day because we do know you're busy. Yeah, but man, I'm so glad that you were able to jump on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, the elusive Brad Stone. Let's learn more about you. <laughs> yes. And so just to, you know, start, let's start with kind of what you do for a living, how you got into that kind of thing, because there are a lot of things that we want to get into on the outside of what you do for a living because of the things that you do and bring to our community. Let's start there just so people can kind of understand who you are and what you do and what you're passionate about. Yeah, sure. I, I work in the technology field. Um, it's, it's one of the many things I do, but that's what, you know, my wife and I, Vicki, coming up on 27 years of marriage. Okay. We've got four kids, mm-hmm. uh, some some quasi-adults now. Yeah. Um, but that's what puts the, the, you know, the food on the table is that, that career in technology. I've uh, been in it for over 20 years. Uh, you know, I think back to getting started, uh, I think I've just always been wired to be a problem solver. That's just how my brain's wired. And so I, I remember being, I was probably, you know, eight or nine years old when the VCRs came out and you know, the beta versus VHS wars, all, all these folks in cash and getting VCRs to record, you know, Dallas or whatever their show yeah. was. <laughs> Days of our life. Yeah, but they didn't know how to run them. And so I did. And I, that was my first kind of IT job. I was less than 10 years old. And no people would pay way. me five, 10 bucks to come in and program their VCR nice. at the correct time and then, you know, set up for their shows. And so that's as far as memory, that's probably where I got my start. And then, you know, in high school, uh, they, they taught keyboarding, which is typing, uh, but that was all done on computers. Uh, and I remember Kay Weaver taught that. She was a great teacher. Uh, but that was my first exposure to like real computers. And then I, I started building computers. Uh, in college, and uh, worked for you know nonprofits. I worked in healthcare, and then I've been on the manufacturer side of the house for uh, since '07. So whatever the math comes out to, there it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Um, I was I worked for the largest networking manufacturer in the world, Cisco Systems, for about 14 years. 
um, did anything from engineering to channel development to leading engineering teams to, and then I jumped over to the sales side and uh, managed sales teams and also was an individual contributor uh, throughout different roles in the company there. So, uh, and then uh, about two years ago, I joined, uh, I'm probably not gonna say the company name, but largest cloud provider in the world. Uh, number two on the Fortune 500 list. Okay, we, I think we can. We make a visit to your house probably weekly yeah. on the retail side of the business. <laughs> um, but we're the largest cloud provider in the world. We have over 200 products and services through our virtual data centers. A lot of people don't know or understand what that means as far as cloud, but everybody uses the cloud. They just may not know it. Uh, but a lot of the apps that run on the phones that are in your pockets today sit and breathe in our cloud. Okay. And so I have one client that's a government client here in Oklahoma, and my job is to service them and ensuring their cloud practice to work with our software vendors that have developed solutions that run on our cloud, like an Adobe or a Salesforce, uh, to help you know mature and push those partnerships forward as far as adoption and spend. Um, and so, yeah, I've been at that two years and it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I don't see you know anything changing in the near term. It's uh, as long as I'm uh, you know stretched uh, in my knowledge, you know and uh, there's always something new to learn, uh, then, you know, IT probably we're going to stay for a while. So, yeah, it's been a fun ride. I love that. That's fantastic. And it's neat to hear, like, going from VHS to now working in the cloud, you know, yeah. um, just continuing to learn and grow through all of those systems. Like, I am struggling now with the cloud, obviously, you know, like I feel like my tech knowledge has capped and it's awesome that you just keep growing. Very cool. I like how you said, as long as I'm, it wasn't as long as they'll keep me hired. It was like, as long as I feel stretched and feel like I'm learning and trying to get better, it sounds like you're going to be happy where you're at. And, and for me, I like people that want to get better and kind of get outside of your comfort zone and get better. And that's how you get better is gets outside of that comfort zone. And, and so that is, that's impressive that that's kind of what you set as your standard. I like that. So. I do want to go back just a little bit. You had said it, whenever you were younger, you were doing the VHS stuff. And yeah. then Kay Weaver, she was a cash-in uh, teacher. And so yes. you are a cash-in native, correct? Yeah. Yes, okay. class of 94. Um, graduated top 10% of my class. The part that I leave out is I only had 18. <laughs> Not as impressive when you throw that piece Still pretty in. good, though. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a stone. My mom was from the White family. Both go back to late 1800s as far as in this area. So uh, I've done a lot of research on the genealogy side for the Stone family, not as much on the white, but yeah, I've uh, been in the area when Downs was a town and then, you know, Cashin came on board after that and Downs kind of went away. Um, but yeah, uh, born and raised here. Um, did the whole move away thing after, right after high school. Promised I would never come back to Cashin. Yes. And then, uh, uh, you know, been back 10 years. So yeah. <laughs> I got the email words on that one. Um, yeah. And then, you know, in, in high school, I, I met Vicki. So. Uh, uh, Did she go to Cashin also? She grew up in Kingfisher. Okay. And uh, that story is a fun story. So uh, Janice Stover, uh, she had. Uh, she was a couple years older than me in school, but she had consistently invited me, hey, you should come to my youth group, Kingfisher FDC. Uh, and I just, you know, eh, I'm good, you know. Uh, but I finally went, it was C at the poll. It was probably, I think 91, 90 or 91. And so I went to a rally at their church. And that night we ended up at this family's house in Kingfisher that she had known and gone to church with for years. Well, that was Vicky's family, the Dorian's family. Uh, okay. And so that was my first night to meet her. And, um, and we just kind of started talking and, and she was cheerleader and I thought she was cute. Anyway, so we dated, we dated all through high school and uh, got married when we were 20. And, uh, and, you know, the rest is history. Okay. Coming up on 27 years this year. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Very cool. And so after Cash in High School, where did you guys go to college? I moved to Edmond and I was, uh, I had a full ride piano scholarship at UCO. No way. And so studied piano for a few years. I think, you know, probably about midway through that, I figured out there's really only a couple avenues this can go. Either I'm going to perform with an orchestra somewhere, which I, you know, I, I, 
I probably wasn't good enough to do that. The other avenue was to teach, and, and I wasn't really interested in that at, at that stage of life. So changed my major. Actually ended up not finishing that degree. Okay. Left, left UCO with 12 hours. Wow. Which is, uh, if you're listening to this and you're on the fence, stick with it, stick it out. <laughs> like, don't don't throw in the towel if you're that close. I, I was going to ask, do you regret that? I did. I, I did at the time. I just wanted to work. Uh-huh. I, just, I, I was on staff at a church in the city in Edmond and, and you know, a lot of kids at that age, you're skipping class because you're tired, or uh-huh. maybe you had a uh, too exciting night the night before. Uh, I was I you say too exciting. Of a night. I just wanted to go work. <laughs> so yeah, I was skipping class to go to work, which is uh, which is kind of silly, but um, but I have since gone back. So when I joined Cisco, they had a career education program, which kind of paid for college. So I took advantage of that. Went back in '07. Went and met with all the deans of the colleges of the, the hours I had left. Got that because when you leave in, in the '90s and then go back in '07, the majors change a lot. So uh-huh. was able to get that I think 40 hours pared down to I don't know like 20 that I had to complete. So I finished that in 2010, then went on to uh, accomplish my MBA through Oklahoma Christian after that. So, okay, very cool. So yeah, I mean it was important for me for my kids really just to show them it's important to finish what you start mm-hmm. you know um especially when you're that close right so, and yeah. college is not for everyone that's not my point saying that but uh, anyway well and especially because you had gotten the position at cisco which was a long time position without it and yeah so, i didn't need it so, yeah, yeah you had kind of worked up to that point which you had said that while you were in edmund you were on staff at a church and um, mm-hmm. what church was that and kind of yeah. You're on staff currently at Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Henderson Hills Baptist Church, and I was brought in as the student worship leader there back in the 90s. That was kind of my college, you know, gig or job. Um, just started really as a contractor for them, just filling in on Wednesday nights, and then was brought on staff as like a part-time music associate under the, the main worship pastor, and then then they brought me in full time, and that's where I really got into tech. So I was okay. I was the IT director and the media director, and then also did helping with the worship. Okay. And I was on staff there for I don't know through the early two thousands, probably up two maybe. It's hard to remember. Okay, which I was at Henderson Hills for a little bit, but it was like more twenty ten, maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, probably before then. Anyway, years. Don't worry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so thank you for going into all of your like work stuff and the church stuff. I also think we would love to hear about your extracurriculars. I don't even know. Do you have a list? I know you have some notes, but is it like a huge long list that we can scroll through of what you do outside of work? Out here in Cashin, uh, I'm on the town board. I've been on the town board seven or eight years. Uh, one of the five town board members. I'm, I'm the contract photographer for the school for all their sporting events. I've done that five or six years. Uh, I'm on part-time staff at Cash and First Baptist as the worship pastor there. I've done that for 10 years. Uh, and then I think the last thing is I'm president of the uh, Cash and Events Association, which is really just the overarching arm for all the events in town. There are a lot of people involved in mm-hmm. that. It's not, I mean, that's not me. There's just, we're kind of the, we, we developed it into a 501c3 really for you know just protection you know uh-huh. from an insurance perspective liability um, and then also we're, we're doing a lot of fundraising to put these events on to make them at no cost to the citizens of cashin and so just making sure we have a you know a nice system and group in place to help manage those things so okay. that's that's kind of the short list right now of what you do yeah it makes me tired just even thinking about all of that well, you know, and everything that you do is, you can play it off of, no, oh, that's just a few, but it, every one of those things takes a lot of time and effort to plan. But that's kind of one thing I wanted to talk to you about is time management. As much as that you do, because that's the thing, it's, there's a lot of things that go on and then they'll say, people will tell me, oh yeah, Brad Stone and Vicki helped do this. I'm like, when did they find time to do this on top of everything else they're already doing? Like, it's unbelievable. So, like, how do you, is there something, is there an app that you use? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, is there an app for that? The time management is very, 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 very,
then you know I'm probably going to schedule something lower. Yeah. I, I have recently done. I'm a big concert buff. Love to go to concerts. Love all kinds of music. I buy tickets like months in advance to these shows and stuff. And okay. So I recently bought some tickets that conflicted with a couple family events, and so we're not perfect by far. Yeah. Um, but we. I'm still not convinced of that. I just want. We, one we use a, a Google Calendar to, to manage schedules. I, I, you know, I think a lot of Chris is stage life. You know, my youngest is 17 now. And so the kids, the needs they have of us are different at this stage of life. It's it's more uh, something, you know, what you want to call it, monetary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want to make sure there's money and food and, you know, gas in the cars. And, uh, not that we're not parenting, I don't mean that, but, you know, um, we're, we're in a different stage. So we've got pockets of time, you know, available to us that maybe we didn't have five years ago. But still, you've been doing a lot of these things. Yeah, five right. plus years, ten years. Yes, I think just very and, humble. And I, to me, I look at it like they're staggered. Like there's times where all those things are going on at once, and it is really busy. But a lot of times, there's like, okay, this part of the year we're working on this event. This part of the year, I've got a lot going on with the town board. Uh -huh. uh, so it comes and goes in phases. But seriously, anytime does. Whenever someone says to you, like, oh, I don't have time for that, or you, like, give me a break, do you want <laughs> no, to tell people that? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, so there's, you know, I, I, I think I'm getting better as I get older at, at saying no to some things, uh, you know, because there's, you know, we've only got so much time. You know, it's, it's the most precious commodity we have on this earth, and the way you spend that time... Um, you know, you can't get it back. And so just making sure that you're saying yes to the, the great things, the things that really make, uh, I, I would say, an, an impact for eternity versus there's a lot of good stuff to volunteer your time on, you know. Yeah. Um, but you could, you know, you could spend, a, you know, a whole lifetime on things that, um, you know, maybe good things, but not great things. So right. I, I think I've gotten better at discerning some of those things that I've gotten a little older. But. And, you know, the thing is, a lot of people will say, Bradstone did this or Bradstone did that, but y'all's family makes it like a family affair. Oh, and yeah. It's not kids, just you. It's say. a very supportive <laughs> wife and very talented kids that uh, go along with it. And like, just like at church, you are the, the worship leader and you're just kind of a part-time position there. But when you look at that stage and we're in there all together worshiping as a congregation, it's your family up there that's kind of leading that, and it's it's pretty impressive. The talent and the time that you guys all uh, put into that, I think that's one of the things you said, what's got a great impact, and that's a, one thing that's a very great impact. And I'm grateful as a, a person that goes to that church and a person that has children that go can see a family up there, you know, really putting their time and effort into something that's very important. The new Rolling Stones. There you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it's. Uh, I just I say all that to say your wife is very supportive. And I think. Oh, I mean that, that's the thing. I should have brought her up here with me because like everything I do, it's a team. It's a team sport for us. Like you know, and even though she's not on the town board, like we talk through things together. Um, you know, she's involved in cash and events. She helps me prep worship for the church. She goes to uh, the sporting events where I'm shooting photography and helps me carry gear and, and gives me feedback on this or that photo. And so, you know, there's no there's no Brad Stone without Vicky Stone. I mean, we are definitely in this together. So, and you know, the kids too. I mean, we've just always that's just the way we've raised them. Um, we we love spending time together. We love going on trips together and you know uh, they may not have a great uh, inheritance when Vicky and I leave <laughs> but they, we've, we've, we've built a lot of memories together you know yeah. we, we would rather spend our time and money on that experiences which that's um, kind of one of the things that I wanted to touch base with you guys or with you on is parenting and your parenting style and your family is very close. You guys vacation together. It looks like you go and do concerts together a lot. What are some of your like pillars of parenting that you guys would say you try to instill in your kids? Oh gosh, uh, I did not think that my question might come away. Um, <laughs> man, we're you know, I'll tell you this. We had Ashton. She was born in two thousand, and uh, she was like 
the easiest kid. And so we thought we were probably the best parents in the world. You know? <laughs> I think it's a common misconception with new parents. <laughs> so, always. I yeah. mean, she uh, and she she's wired like her mama, but she uh, very black and white. Um, and I just remember she's probably two and she had done something wrong. I don't know what it was, but she wouldn't put herself in timeout, you know. <laughs> so that's that's the kind of kid she was that we were dealing with. And, and then Jared comes along and he's wired a little different. And we we're like, OK, well, maybe we have a few things to learn. Yeah. I think that the main thing is like just flexibility. Like every kid is different. Their needs are different. They're not, even though they share same maybe characteristics, uh, maybe hobbies, maybe interests, they are still different. Uh-huh. And and the other thing I think I've learned as I've gotten older is because some of them I think more match my attributes versus Vicky's, but they're also not me. And uh-huh. so making sure as I'm giving wisdom or feedback or guidance on a particular situation and how maybe I navigated that at their age or later in life, you know, it's not the same. And so, um, you know, I think loving them unconditionally, meeting them where they're at, um, exposing them to the things of God and a relationship with Christ. That's, that's facet number one that we want to make sure we instill in them. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's uh, that's a big part of who we are. Uh, I feel like that's why I'm here on this earth is to help spread the gospel and to bring as many people you know to Christ and closer to God in my time here. And that's the gifts that God's given me. That's that's my goal in, in everything that I've just rattled off to you that I do and I'm involved in. That's 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 the underpinning behind everything I do. Um, you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You're talking about replacing the sewer line at Cat and you know on the town board, you know, but. But it's meeting a physical need, you know, for those right. folks. Um, so anyway, back to the family, you know, I think uh, just making sure that Vicki and I uh, are joint together, you know, and talking through strategies as we parent too. I think that was always a, a, a reason we were successful. And, we, you know, we're not a perfect family at all. You know, people that see us maybe on social media or out and about, I mean, you're seeing the highlight reel, you know, and we have our bumps and bruises and disagreements and issues that we've had to parent through and, and deal with as a family, as a, as a couple um, that have been painful uh, that we've learned and grown from. But, um, you know, uh, we've, re- we've remained faithful to our commitment together as not only a couple, but as parents. And, and here we are. So keep pressing on, you know. Yeah. I love all that. Fantastic. Um, Another thing I want to pick your brain on is vision and setting goals and setting um, just uh, plans for the future in place and trying to get to those things. We we had our podcast with uh, Greg Davis, our pastor at First Baptist Church, and one thing he said, a blessing that you brought not only musical side of things, but it was the vision and the plans you wanted to put in place to get to a goal or, you know, things that you, because he said, I don't even know what I was doing tomorrow. You know, sometimes he didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Breaks the next Sunday. But Brad Stone came in and said, what's our five-year plan? What's our 10-year vision? What, is, what are the visions? Is that something that has always been just the way you function or is that something that you just learned that, it's very important to set those goals and visions and plans in place. I would say it's probably been an acquired skill over my lifetime. I mean, when I definitely was back in, you know, a teen or in my early twenties, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking long-term or I wouldn't have stopped going to UCO, you know, back when I was 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, probably a combination of being on staff at that church in Edmond and seeing how they operate at a different level. It's different size of ministry, right. uh, different scale of ministry, different amount of people coming in on a weekly basis. And they were able to offer different, you know, ministry avenues that, that we're not to yet as a church here in Cashin, but we, we will grow into that. So having exposure to that and how those things work. I was involved at Life Church for probably 12 years as well after Henderson Hills. And so got to see kind of that model as well. Mm-hmm. And then you take the corporate side in the IT world that I've lived in, you know, just 
they're the best at what they do. So when you talk about process improvement and, and how to deal with the aspects that go into the backside of ministry that maybe the regular attendees may not see, that's the, that's the piece that, that I feel like God's gifted me with or exposed me to in my experiences over the years that I brought to the table here at the cash and temple man. So our community is obviously growing. And um, so the way we did things when I came on board in 2013 look very different than they do now. And they have, they're going to have to look different in, in 2028 and five years from now, too. And so making sure that, you know, we've got we've thought through staffing needs to, to fulfill the ministry needs of the body, that we've thought through building needs so that we can accommodate the people that are wanting, uh, you know, desiring to be ministered to. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's just a lot that goes into that. And so for a, an entrepreneur or business owner listening to this, can you give some ideas of how you plan for the future on different things or what, what advice would you give them if they're like, Hey, I haven't even thought about a five-year plan, 10-year plan. Is there something that you could point them to, to use or maybe get some direction on that kind of thing? Ah, gosh. I mean, there's nowadays in 2020, there are so many resources available. So whether it's online or in-person seminars or books or podcasts, you know, you have all those avenues, but really you can't be real world experience. So surrounding yourself with people that have gone before you mm-hmm. that are further ahead than you on where you want to get to get and get and go. Um, I think that's key and picking their brain. So what you guys are doing here with this podcast is, is awesome because it, it's, you're exposing people to multiple ideas and facets of thinking and how people have gained success in their particular fields. And there's not one way to get there. Uh-huh. It's, there's multiple ways to get there. And we're, I'll go back to what I said earlier. We're all gifted in different ways. And, and so it's, you, you've got to figure out how to align that gift to, you know, what you're going to do or what you want to do. Uh, and not that you can't improve on the areas where you're less gifted, because I think you can. That's where you're going to spend a lot of time and focus is improving those areas that are, are considered maybe weaknesses. But, you know, you got to operate in your gifts, I think, 80% of the time. And you got to, you know, that for me, that's that's been, I think, how I've been successful. So. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The thing that I like about operating in your gifts is that you really, I don't, and I don't know if you sought out these things, but like you love fireworks from what I've been told. <laughs> uh, obviously, you're really good at the piano. You're good at vision, you know, building and um, just creating a path for a town. And so it's like you had already had these gifts that were within you, and then you sought out you know, positions or opportunities where you could help in that, which is really cool. Cause I think people have a lot of gifts and talents, but they may sit back on them and not want to share them. And you guys are very open about, I'm going to share all my gifts with everyone. Yeah. I would just encourage people that are maybe on the fence or holding back. You just kind of jump in. Like nobody asked me to do a lot of those things. Like I'm really a, more of a beg for forgiveness than, than ask for permission kind of guy. And I, and I shoot from the hip a lot too, but if, to me, if I see a need that I just, I just usually start jumping in and doing that, you know? And so I, I think, I think back, uh, influences, where did that come from? I, my mom is one that comes to mind. She's the kind of person, she was a very hard worker, um, worked hard for all of us. My dad did too, but she, she's just one of those that would jump in. If she saw a need, she was the first to leave last, or first to show up last to leave. And, and, you know, a lot of times you wouldn't even know she was there. And so that's, you know, I was exposed to that all through growing up. Um, anyway. I love that. Yeah, very cool. Which that is kind of one question that we like to ask people is um, if there were people who were influential in your life and how you turned out and your gifts and successes. Yeah, uh, great question. I mean, oh, so many people. I, I, I just think back to early, probably I was probably 13 and uh, one of my good friends growing up, Eric Blair, um, he was a fellow musician as well. We also played sports together. Um, spent a lot of time together, but I was 13 and they were looking for a farm hand, uh, in the summer they, their family harvested wheat and did a lot of hay and cattle, all that kind of stuff. So I, I went to work for them when I was 13. And Which was that John Blair? John Blair. Dad? Yes. So John Blair was my first boss. Okay. Um, and John was also a teacher and one of my favorite coaches for baseball and basketball. And just, he's one of those guys that 
you know, I saw him operate and, and how he carried himself and he was very patient and very kind and not that he didn't get frustrated with us because we broke a lot of farm equipment, <laughs> but that guy could fix anything. Uh-huh. He could fix anything and he, nothing rattled him. So he was just very calm, cool, collected. We'd be out in harvest, we'd run a header into the ground and it would be like, oh, that's not gonna be fixable. <laughs> and it would be out in the field running the next day. You okay. know? And so seeing how he not only treated his family when they made mistakes, but also how he treated me, I'm not a family member, but you know, with kindness, with respect, um, even when we messed up and, and nothing really rattled him. And so I, he had a big, I, I think a big, you know, experience uh influence on my life i think the other influence for me would be my parents i've kind of talked about my mom earlier um just a hard worker you know she always was working like and uh and she's retired now but she still works very hard she's got a lot of grandkids she's shows and showing up to all the events and supporting uh, us in any way she can she was a big help in my my daughter recently got married, just helping behind the scenes, making things happen. And then my dad too, uh, also very hard worker. He was in kind of the corporate world for a little while, um, but they're different styles. She's kind of that jump in, get stuff done. Um, and he was more meticulous and very detailed in how he worked. And so I think I picked up, you know, uh, influences from both of them. I remember, oh, I don't know if this is third or fourth grade, whenever they assign the relief map to you, and oh, yeah. you, know, you have to turn in this uh, North American map um, that's got the mountains and the rivers. And and, uh, and my dad just, like, he would help us on those projects. And uh, they were, I think this is before all the technology we had today, you know. Um, he would draw by hand. I mean, they were so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and your teachers and are we, like we helped we helped paint sure? stick the numbers on and the key and all that but man, anyway and if so, you didn't make an a he's like what <laughs> so that you know and i'm not a perfectionist but that x you know that side of excellence and doing things well and you know if you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to do something do it with greatness i that i, I think i picked that up from my dad so yeah are your parents just like beaming with Pride oh gosh, for I don't you. know about that. Uh, I mean, I think they're glad that I, uh, like, like I feel about my kids. I've got one off the payroll now. They're they're glad that I'm able to support, support my family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but they, yeah, I had a great childhood. Uh, two great sisters. I'm um, the middle child, and uh, yeah, my, our parents definitely set us up for success. Okay. So. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, uh, parents are very important and like you're setting your kids up for success and showing them that example and that's uh, definitely something that was passed on to you and you're passing on to your children so you know you talked you said a little bit about that he taught you to do something and do it with greatness and that's one thing i when i think about brad stone i think well if he's involved it's gonna be awesome <laughs> so talk a little bit about like when you decide to do something is that what do you take that into consideration of can I make this really good yes I'm gonna jump in and do it or I don't know if or does that go back to kind of if I have that gift I want to share it with people you know because how do you decide to do the things that you want to do and know that you're gonna make them great because pretty much everything you do in touch turns to gold well minus touch thank you for that compliment uh again i'm i'm usually one cog in the wheel of of the things that i'm involved in so i think that goes back to your question earlier asking about you know path to success and and i do try to surround myself with people again that are really good at what they do um so if it's if it's taking on Boomfest and uh, bringing in uh, shelly goodmanson or uh, chad tishner Kristen Finneger, uh, Bobby, my wife, um, Stephanie Woody. I mean, they're all very good in different areas. And bringing that kind of A team together for that event um, is, you know, what makes my, my job pretty easy. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of what drives me on some of these things I take on is, again, going back to family and allowing. or or giving families the opportunity to make memories together. Uh, And that time together as a family unit is so important, especially in the younger years. Um, I remember we went on two vacations uh, as a kid growing up. We went to Florida twice. 
Okay. And one of them was for a national track meet that I was in. The other was uh, a my mom and dad saved up for years to take us to the quintessential family trip to Disney World. You know, but, but and that, that sticks with me. Like that that was a big deal. They worked very hard, and and then you know we kind of we were living it up for a week there in Florida. Um, and so as as I think about the things I do here in town creating those moments or giving families those opportunity to create memories as a family, whether that's taking a photo of their kid at a sporting event that they're going to get to keep and uh, look at years later, you know, from a state championship or sitting together on a picnic blanket, you know, out on the track field, watching fireworks uh, while they're listening to some good music and eating, eating food, you know, those are, those are memories I had growing up. I, we used to do a little carnival here when I was in grade school. I don't know if you know that or not, but okay. just behind the school, kind of where the field house is. I remember Jim Stover being there and being involved, but like you would, you know, they had little ducks in a, in a little pool you'd fish for. They had a parade downtown here. You would decorate your bike with streamers, usually the night before. You might throw a can on the back tire to, you know, get the motor going, yeah. you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And then you would sit in the parking lot of the school uh, where the track sits now and the fire department would be over there shooting off fireworks with the, the red giant flare. You know? Yes. <laughs> it was about a 30 minute show, probably about 30 fireworks total, one per minute, you know, <laughs> but as a kid, you didn't care. It was awesome. Yeah. Like this is in my little town. And so, you know, uh, being able to bring some of that back, you know, cause we have a great community and there's no reason that we shouldn't uh, be able to offer some of the same things that larger communities offer. Um, and so when I decide to do or not do something or be involved in something, you know, I, I try to look at it through that lens is, you know, what opportunities is this going to create for families? Is this going to impact the kingdom in a positive way? And is this going to move our town forward? Yeah, yeah. Cool. that's really good because that's one of our other questions we usually, usually ask is like, what drives you? And that just hammers home what drives you is. Is it going to help a family make a memory? Is it going to better the kingdom? Is it going to all of those things? Because I'm involved in a lot of different things, and it's sometimes it is daunting, and you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Okay. But then you have that drive and passion of like, I want better for my kids, and I want better for the community, and then you just kind of squash all of that doubt, Negative. and you just try to move forward. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, very cool. Um, if there's someone who is in the community and they want to get involved or want to do more, do you have any advice for them of how could they do that or what is a need for the community? Oh gosh, I mean, you guys are just as involved in the community as I am. There, the needs far outweigh the workers doing the work, right. <laughs> and that's always the case. So, uh, harvest is plentiful, workers are few. Um, you know, it, pick, pick your passion. What do you want to get involved in? Is it the school? Then go talk to the school or what, you know, that particular area. If it is the town, go talk to the town board member. Um, do you want to volunteer for the police department? You know, is that, is that a passion? Then go talk to the chief. Uh, if there's a ministry at church you want to get involved in, we're always looking for volunteers. Just step up and uh, communicate where you want to help. Uh, I don't know of anybody um, that would turn away, you know, somebody that's willing to invest their time. And again, time is our most precious resource, you know, so spend it wisely. Yes. You know, and that's the thing is like people can sit back and complain and do things, but like I can't control that. What I can control is how I spend my days and my, and what I put my energy and effort towards. And that's what I try to tell people when they call me like, how do you put up with these people? I'm like, put up with who? Like, what do you mean? Like, People are people. I, I know what I can control, and I'm going to try to move forward with that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to keep, you know, out in front of me. But it's sometimes it's difficult, but other times it's very easy because I can kind of see the rewards of my efforts and your rewards. We all get to share in because they're things that are done for the community, and, and we appreciate that. Which so. do you ever get bogged down? Does Bradstone ever get bogged down by things? I feel like you very are a type of person who things just roll off your back very easily. And like, not yeah, any- I mean, I get tired, especially I you know I'm, I'm closer to fifty than I am forty now. Uh, <laughs> 
I definitely get tired, um, but you know, our home is a very quiet home and, and Vicki's done a great job of creating spaces for us to recharge our batteries. And we talked a little bit about traveling earlier. We tried to travel to get away and recharge and as a family. Uh, and then just she and I, you know, she and I just got back from a trip as well. So that's an important part of it. Um, you know, work hard, play hard, rest hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I'm just like everybody else. There are times where I feel overwhelmed and stressed and uh, luckily those times are few and far between. But, you know, we also make a mountain out of a molehill sometimes, especially in, in corporate America or, or you know, our, our jobs and that they, we think things are a bigger deal or uh, more of a catastrophe going on than they really are. And they're really not. If you take a step, if you take a step back and look at what's really important in life, what's really going to matter when, when we all leave this earth, usually those things that get us rattled and worked up are, are not it. Yeah. And so just trying to keep things in perspective and, yes. and capturing your thoughts and, and um, what, what you should really be worried about. So, yeah. So that's, it's a struggle. I'm not perfect at it, but as I've gotten older, that's gotten easier too. So I love that. I'm going to have to like save that snipper and just like replay it in your <laughs> yeah. mind whenever I'm feeling yeah. overwhelmed. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is, like you said, you have a very supportive wife. My wife is, I couldn't do any of the things that I get to do without my wife because we have four young children and without her help, you know, there's no way I can do it. And so having that supportive wife, is there ever a point in time though where your wife is like, how many unpaid positions do you have right now? And can we get rid of some of those? Yeah, we, we definitely talk about that because she's involved in a lot too. She helps right. she helps co-lead a homeschool co-op. She, you know, works the school providing services, uh, physical therapy services for those kids. She's involved in a lot of the same things as far as uh, volunteer committees that I'm on too. So uh, we definitely, you know, uh, we find ourselves alone like 95% of the time now. Uh, uh, so we're not empty nesters yet, but we, we spend a lot of time together, just she and I. So we, we've got a lot of time to talk about, you know, what the future is and, you know, okay, you're going to do that. And I'm going to do this. And, um, yeah, so it's definitely a team effort there. Okay, yeah, very cool. I do want to get back to just like the growth and you know, um, entrepreneur talk. One of the questions that we ask people are if you read or consume like podcasts or anything, do you have a recommendation for someone who's wanting to be successful or maybe wanting to share their gifts that you would recommend? Gosh, I do have books on my nightstand that I cobble through and read as I have time. I'm um, I don't have any titles to share. I love all the Lencioni books on, you know, team management and meeting management. Those are great. If you're in the corporate world, those are great uh, to start with. Um, uh, for me, I'm a YouTube junkie. I, spend, I mean, I literally am on YouTube every night. Uh, if you want to know what Brad Stone is doing from like 1030 to 1130, it's usually I'm watching a YouTube video on something, whether it's how to play a new piano lick or what this NFL photographer is doing to capture the perfect <laughs> football image, or I love aviation, which I haven't gotten really into yet, but I'm watching a video on a plane. So there's so much information available nowadays that, you know, just, just pick the path and everybody learns different too. So pick the path where you, you know, you're the most effective learner and, and stick to that. That's what I would say. Um, uh, at work, we've got online training and all that we have to do, uh, which I'm not a, not a huge fan of. But um, yeah, and then I think going back to what I said earlier, surround yourself with people that are experts in the field you want to become an expert in and learn from them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from what I've learned over the years is everybody, most everybody's willing to share. You yeah. Know? Um, so you just got to take the time to, to put into networking and and at some point, you got to get back too, because you're going to be at a point in your career uh, where you've learned a lot, and then you you want to turn around and share that with those that are coming up as well. So I think that's important to share with others what we've been blessed with, um, so that we can continue moving the ball forward in whatever that is. Yeah, yeah perfect. Love that answer. Yeah, there's. I, I love how you said it from ten thirty to eleven thirty, because that's probably when you finally get done doing all the things you do, <laughs> but. You're not just turning on some mind-numbing show. Oh, don't let me fool you. I mean, I, there are shows. <laughs> there are times where there's a there's a show or two that I might have pulled up on that. What's your favorite mind-numbing show? Oh gosh, 
what show could I say on this podcast? <laughs> I mean, my wife and I have loved, uh, loved is a strong word. We've enjoyed the Yellowstone, okay. 1923, whatever the, the different series and the spinoffs. We've enjoyed those. Okay. Um, so you guys are like reality junkies, more like drama. No big brother. Like I actually can't stand big brother. No, I'm like big brother. <laughs> yeah. There, uh, gosh, what was the name of the one? We just watched it. It's a survivor type show that had him up in Alaska. Oh, alone? Yes. Oh, so we yeah. just watched that. Oh, yeah. Now that was pretty captivating and cool. Um, man, I could not do that. I was going to ask him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. That's what Shane's like. I just want to go so I can build my own fort and then be like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> build a cool fort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, that's, but at the same time, though, you do probably, even if that's on, you're probably looking at something that you're bettering yourself in your downtime. Even. There's but always, there's you always something to do. And yeah, I yeah. do enjoy it or I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love learning. I think uh, that's what keeps you going in life. There's so much to know and do and, and whether it's in your career or, you know, a hobby or something you're volunteering and life moves just so much faster than you think it does. And so, um, you know, you've got just you've got to use your time wisely. You know, so yeah. well, that's the thing is, I, I mean, insurance. I have Facebook groups that are insurance, mm-hmm. and sometimes at, sometimes at night, my wife's like, "What are you reading?" And I'm like, "I'm reading a post about why this coverage is better than this coverage." And she's like, "You're such a nerd!" Like, <laughs> but it's interesting to me because I feel like I'm make, getting better. Yeah. And I'll see stuff that on the mortgage stuff that. Um, piques my interest and I'll send it to me and she's like why are you sending it but a lot of times she's like I saw that too it's awesome you know that's that's how you get better I feel like find something that you're passionate in you want to my passion is kind of growing a business Mm -hmm. and if that's my business is insurance or mortgage or whatever it is um, it's very interesting to me because I want to get better at it yeah take in all the information you can yeah Yeah. very cool good all good stuff Brad uh do you want to debate question? Yep. Okay. Yep. So last question we usually ask everybody is the legacy question. We are the Legacy Builder Podcast. Yeah. Everybody's a legacy. You know, everybody's building their legacy. What is it that when you're gone away from this world and in heaven, you can look down and say, that was my legacy. What is that legacy that you want to leave on this earth? Uh, man, that is such a... It's a deep question. It should be a simple question, but it's it's a profound, deep question. Uh, uh, and I, I'll answer it differently than I probably would have five years ago or ten years ago. But today, as it stands, it, my my thoughts first go to my kids. Um, and you know, my wife and I we attended a family conference. That's probably been twenty years ago. We read we wrote a family vision statement. And uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was uh, the statement was building a firm foundation in Christ, one stone at a time. Um, and that's that's really the most important thing to me is that my kids uh, have seen uh, hopefully a godly example of a, what a couple in a marriage looks like uh, as as we've raised them. Um, how to take the gifts God's given you um, and utilize those to serve the body of Christ. Um, And ultimately have a relationship with Christ, but then grow in your faith to a point where you're helping and spreading the gospel while you're here on this earth. Because like I said, I mean, time moves so much faster. We're not, we're not here that long. Um, And so uh, why are we here? That's why I'm here. And that's why, Vicky and I agree that's why we're here as a couple and that's that's how we lead our family. So that'd be the first thing is family uh, and, and uh, impact for, for the kingdom. The second would be, you know, my role at the church in that, you know, hopefully in the way that we've led worship over the years and the songs that we've chosen are gospel-centered, truth-filled songs that hopefully lead those folks to a deeper relationship through worship. Uh, in spirit and truth Um, and they don't see me or my wife or any of the band members but they are truly allowed to enter into worship during our time there together um, and grow in their faith so that would be number two and then three would be the community 
and you know, my parents both taught me to always, and I think I heard someone else on one of the other podcasts talking about leave it better than you found it, you know? So if you're going to borrow someone's vehicle, fill the tank up before you take it back or wash it for them. Or if you're going to borrow, borrow a tool, make sure it's all cleaned up and ready to go. But this community, uh, I want to leave it better than I found it. You know, uh, there's so much work to do. We're growing. Um, and, and we need all the help we can get. And I, I'm going to do what little I can to help move that ball forward and set us up for success for those generations that come behind me. So th those would be the three things, you know. Fantastic. I love all those answers. Big, big Bradstone fan. I yes. just love everything that you do for our community and church, everything that you said. I feel like if you are already doing that, you know, like you're yeah. trying to leave that legacy with everything you just said, you're already on the path to doing all of that. Yes. So. That's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, those things are what I think about you and your family. And so you're doing a great job of living that legacy. And another thing I was going to say is, you know, how you said five years ago, it would have been different. I think that's kind of a running theme as the old, if, if our guests are fit, close to 50, Things change. Like, so if somebody listens to this, yeah, have something that's important to you and a legacy that you want to leave. But just know as you grow and you learn and you develop and different things coming out of your life, things are going to change and things are going to look a lot different after you have a perspective of later on down in life. So pretty cool, man. I love how you uh, just work and really put yourself fully into the things that you do. And it's very, like you said, uh, Megan said it, she's a big Bradstone fan. I'm a big Bradstone fan, Stone family fan. Yeah. And uh, so we appreciate everything you guys do in our community. And thanks for jumping on with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great, I love what y'all are doing with this podcast. Keep up the great work and um, go team. Yeah, thank you. All right, appreciate you, Brad. All right, thank you. Wow, Megan, Bradstone and his family are impressive. And I'm glad we got to have him on today, just kind of talk a little bit about the things they do in our community and how they can, can get those things done. And, you know, it's, it's impressive um, how he and his family jump in and really pour into the community and pour into the church and pour into uh, the people around them. And, uh, man, I'm glad that he is in our community and is a part of our life. And, uh, man, they are impressive. Hey, Chris. Really enjoyed getting to sit down with Brad and just learn from him. He really is a jack of all trades. And anytime we go anywhere to any event in Caption, I know that his hand is in most of it. So just super thankful for him and for his guidance and friendship. And um, just really grateful that he was able to sit down with us today. And that does it for the 16th episode of the Legacy Builder Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Mr. Bradstone as much as I did. You know, just listening to him uh, talk about his family and uh, that, that family that is based in faith and, and building one stone at a time. You know, it's impressive to, to see that that is his legacy that he wants to leave and, and you can see it in the things that he does in our church and our community and that that vision that bradstone has for different things and being able to see it all come together and um, really be able to put it, things out there for our community that makes it better and that's what the stone family is is just a, a group of people that are very talented and giving and want the things around them and the people around them to be as good as they can be. And it's awesome that they are leaving that legacy. And that's one legacy I promise you that the Stone family will leave for generations to come is just greatness and the faith and the family and uh, the, the commitment to the community. And uh, man, I, I'm so glad that I know them and they're part of our community and, uh, and I'm lucky to be around them. So with that i will leave you with what i'll leave you at the end of every episode of the legacy builder podcast and that is what is your legacy because we are all legacy builders da, da, da.